Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Well, hey, everybody, this is Scott Schimmel, and I think for the first time, we are live in studio, technically not in studio, we're in someone's office, but we're live. Normally, if you're paying attention to our podcast, we're doing a lot of these recordings by, uh, by the phone, by the internet. Today, I traveled 26 miles wow. because it's that important to see you face to face. And the second notable, noteworthy part of this episode is this the first two-time guests of the U-School podcast. Hey! I know, it's crazy. I'm the Steve Martin of the U-School podcast. <laughs> How so? Isn't he the Saturday one? Saturday Night Live? Isn't he the one who's most hosted Saturday Night Live the most? Sure. I wouldn't Baldwin. say you're hosting this show, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I'm not catching what you're putting down, but anyways, uh, that's a very long-winded way to introduce this episode. This is uh, Charlie Roos, and we are in Charlie's office down in... What are we? Where are we? Mission Hills, Indiana. Mission Hills. Charlie is a therapist, and today we're not talking much about therapy, although he brings that wherever he goes. Uh, we're talking about friendship, and the theme of this month, we've been talking about this idea of squad goals, and the idea is friendship. And we talk in USCO about five key components for healthy living, for vibrant living. Uh, one is about your identity, what you believe in, and an imagination of the kind of person you want to become. Another one is about purpose and the mission you're trying to pursue with your life and, uh, and the gifts and strengths and talents that you're contributing to the world. And the final one, this theme that we're on this month, is about friendship and authentic friendship. So the, this is going to be slightly different. Rather than really interviewing Charlie uh, about his perspective, we are going to get content from him. But we're going to use the context of our friendship over the last 19 years, 18 years. 1999. 2000. Okay. We're, we're, we've been friends since the 90s, I think. Last millennium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, I heard kids the other day say, whoa, you were born in the 90s? Like, that's crazy to them. You're, you, you lived during the 90s. So we, we've been friends since the 90s, and, uh, and, and one of the unique parts of our friendship is that we are, I wouldn't call us middle-aged by any stretch of the imagination. Close. Uh, we're men who are friends, and men who are good friends, and... As I was sharing with Charlie before we started, one of the things we hear a lot working with students, middle school and high school students, is that they don't experience their parents as having friends, particularly their dads. And so this episode, not only we're we talking about friendship, not only are we portraying the friendship Charlie and I have, but we're specifically talking about male friendship. And so for you listening, if you happen to be a man, uh, welcome. We're gonna make you uncomfortable, likely. Uh, but if you're a woman, an educator, a parent, teacher, someone working at a veteran organization, I want you to think about the men in your life, the men who have kids, the men who work with youth, and, um, and, and be thinking about the context of their life and their struggles. And so we want to provide three key ideas for what we can do to build authentic, healthy male friendships. Um, but I want to get started by saying welcome to the podcast, Charlie. How do you feel about being the second the second uh, second time on the on the show. I feel really good. Do you? Good. <laughs> it's great. 
It's good to be live. You know, the first podcast we did, we weren't going to even publish it, but then we listened to it like three months later, and we're like, this is actually really good. So <laughs> really can. this one will probably think is amazing, and then yeah. three months, be like, that was terrible. That was terrible. Uh, but <laughs> Well, uh, I do want to ask you, from your perspective growing up, what did you learn from your parents about friendship? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, uh, you know, my my parents did have friends, um, but I think... I think the friends they had, it looked like, was mostly about doing fun things, hanging out, having a good time. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was clear that it was important to them to have those people around, and and they they would. It was also about catching up, like, well, what are you up to these days? Yeah, and so, and that was supportive. Yeah. But um, I think in terms of, um, I, I think I learned about maybe like a deeper level of friendship probably through older mentors and things like that once mm-hmm. once I got to college yeah. in the 90s yeah <laughs> so <laughs> maybe we can share some insight about the origins of you and I not that we're going to go into every story or detail but how yeah. you know what do you remember about how we became friends and what was maybe unique about our friendship and and uh, what has been unique over the years about friendship. Yeah, sure. Well, I think uh, I, 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 we met in, I don't know, fall or winter of 1999, something like that, and then I think sort of became friends at the end of my freshman year at the University of San Diego, your sophomore mm-hmm. year, through InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, mm-hmm. through like a, a Christian organization, which we were both sort of new to that experience of Christian faith and, and, uh, and Christian community, things like that. So... Um, but I, I think what I remember the most, and this actually sort of gets into to point number one about healthy mm-hmm. friendship, if it's okay to please do dive in like that. Guide us. Um, guide us. I think, uh, you know, the, the first, if you're going to have a, a, a solid, healthy friendship, there needs to be a commitment to, to connecting, like a rhythm of connection. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you, if you remember, our first commitment to have sort of a, a real intentionality about connection was, yeah. hey, over the summer of the year 2000, right. we will talk once a week or once a month. Yeah. We didn't do it at all. At all. We never connected. Mm-mm. But it was our first, the first time we said, yeah. uh, we're going to, or yeah. we're going we're gonna to make a commitment to each other. And I don't remember how that happened. I don't know if that was your idea, my idea, I someone else's idea. I think it was maybe proposed as like, it'd be good for you guys to pair up. Sure. Because we were both on leadership right. with that organ, with InterVarsity yeah, yeah. Fellowship. And... Get I remember to know each other, support each other. Yeah. Something how's it going? Yeah. How's it being with family? And right. that can be hard. And right. I went back to Minnesota. You went to Orange County, and yeah. we didn't really talk. Right. But that fall, you know, I think we synced back up, and it was yeah. pretty effortless. And then mm-hmm. um, we were probably dating girls who were friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, Let's not go into too many details. Yeah, we won't. We'll, we'll just this is on the we'll internet. Skip over that. Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, and then, um, and then, kept going from there. But, but I think something that's been important and unique about our friendship for the last eighteen years is mm-hmm. always having that commitment to a consistent rhythm. Like right. we're either going to be in in some sort of a group together, or we're going to get together on a regular basis, or we yeah. are roommates. Junior, my junior right. year, senior year, um, even living. You know, in different parts of San Diego County, uh, a commitment to at least a once a month coffee. We call each other four or five days a week. Yeah. You know, there's there's always been a, like, we are going to commit to this level right. of 
connection. And I think that's I think that's weird from what I've gathered over the years. Yes. I think it's weird that you and I talk so frequently, and that that was normal from the get go. And I think that's uh, I'll speak to me. That's I think that's always been my personality. Of the friends I've kept over the years, I am typically the one that's reaching out on a pretty regular basis. You by by far and away, maybe one other guy as well. Uh, it's that it's as frequent as four to five times a week. But most people, I'm, uh, even closest friends I've had since high school, it's a pretty regular. Um, I'm reaching out to talk to them, but I, but I don't know if I I didn't pick that up growing up. I didn't pick that up from my parents. I think it just at some level made sense to me to do that, and um, and I want that. I want to connect, and I think because I've tasted, really back in college with you and a couple other guys, tasted what that experience can be like. Yeah. Where we're not just talking about sports or the weather or something we're gonna do together. We were talking about real things. And so that's maybe the, um, I don't know if this is your point too. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the second, <laughs> second point. If number one is that commitment to a real rhythm of connection, number yeah. two is that honesty. Yeah, and I back to the first one too, I like this phrase of a question uh, that starts with what if we, and that's I'm sure over the years, you or I have used that phrase, where it turned into, hey, what if we got together once a month? Mm-hmm. Or what if we, when we were living together, what if we didn't just hang out all the time, but every now and then we would go deeper? Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a different friend, one of our roommates in college as well, Dave, and I remember a key part, a uh, season where, when both his parents and my parents were, were divorcing. And it was a, a, an extremely emotional time for him and I. And as he and I were roommates, we would hang out all the time, but rarely would we have deep, meaningful conversations. But at some point, I can't remember if it was him or I, but we had, one of us used the phrase, uh, hey, uh, tonight, can we have a one-on-one conversation? And there was just like a little tiny cue of meaning, like it means we're not just gonna hang out. It means we're not just gonna talk about the weather or sports. We're gonna have a more, and it was almost like, uh, I'm gonna throw that out before we even get together because I'm probably gonna feel uncomfortable later. Yeah. But at least you know that I'm trying to reach out and it's almost like a throwing the flag in the football field. And I think for guys and for me, that's been something like that's been helpful. So it's not just, commitment to one another is that commitment that when we get together there's some context yep yep yeah yeah for sure and I, I you know oftentimes I think men need a, a little bit of a soft landing there like let's spend 10 20 minutes just talking yeah. about yeah sports joking or around work or yeah. money or what you know joking right. around right. or or movie quotes or whatever yeah. we, need to, <laughs> what yeah. we need to do to sort of grease the wheels but at some point having this commitment there where it's like, we are going to get into the deeper waters yeah. eventually. Right. But that's that's sort of foundational to the friendship is knowing, and, and there's that range where we can do the lighthearted kind of bantery, mm-hmm. whatever, but there's also this other side that's really foundational and important. Yeah. And I think really healthy friendships have that commitment where it's like, we are yeah. going to go there eventually. What phrases do you use? I know with you and I, we just go there without mm-hmm. much grease in the wheels at all. But what phrases have you found to be helpful to like change the conversation, change the tone? Well, some of them, I think sometimes as guys, uh, maybe this is inappropriate or you can edit this later, but um, you know, there's, there's sometimes they're, they're somewhat vulgar, like, sure. like let's stop screwing around, so to speak. Like, right. um, because some, and some of it probably is it's a little testosterone infused. Like, are we gonna, are we gonna sit around and just be like everyone else or are we going to man up right, a little bit right. you know and like yeah. and actually get vulnerable but mm-hmm. but I think um, which is interesting you say that because 
Well, that's the yeah. irony of yeah. manning up right. is to not be vulnerable. Right. But I think um, I think it actually takes more courage and, and yes. more strength to be honest and weak and vulnerable than it does to just hide and defend yourself and pretend like you're fine. Yeah, it can be terrifying. Yeah, to share things. So I, you know, there's been times with guys where I've said like, "Hey, why don't we get in the deep water?" Or uh, what if we maybe how about we pivot this conversation and kind of yeah. get real or start talking about what's yeah. really going on or yeah so what's really going on how, how are you really doing? what's really going on yeah how's yeah. the inner life not just the outer life mm-hmm. for men it's easier to talk about the outer life yeah what's what's going on at work or what are you up to versus how are you feeling about right. everything right. that's going on yeah so yeah learning and something you you do really well is you will share first it's almost like you have an assumption that I care <laughs> sure. Yeah. So it's almost like you assume I'm asking the question, and I could think you know probably almost every time we've ever talked, you're like, so, you know what I've been thinking about lately is yeah, and and that goes back to trust we built, the context for the relationship that we built, um, but that's I don't know that's going first can also yeah. be a, a shift of context. Sure, it's it's the modeling that it's also probably have a personality it's like this is what we're really here for so so oftentimes we have limited time too yeah. right so it's yeah. like hey let's dive in that's right. um, and a lot of times our conversations though in person are just offshoots of the voicemails we've been leaving or you know so it's sort of yeah it sort of always has a depth to it right. you don't have to really pivot it hard into right. like so now are we going to talk right. about the real stuff or something um so and and with that i think uh, as we're talking about honesty mm-hmm. and and you know honesty is if the goal is to have an intimate relationship and not intimate meaning sex intimate meaning bonded Good close clarification yeah there. close and connected is that uh there there has to be there has to be honesty to get to intimacy and mm-hmm. so, so the the areas that i would encourage other people to be focusing on are some of the things we've been talking about which would be uh feelings like anger sadness Uh fear shame guilt like actually using those words is helpful and i think we through therapy and other things have figured out how to use that the language of emotion with each other um and uh but also weaknesses and things you're not good at and vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. i mean just the other day you know, we had a text exchange back and forth, and it was kind of bantery or whatever. Yeah. And then you left me a voicemail and just said, "Hey, sorry if that was a little bit too. I don't know what word you used." Right. But it was like, "Oh, like that's that's vulnerability." Just right. like, "Hey, I hope that wasn't too much or something." Right. And uh, which is also the third thing is is can I can I also be honest about what's going on in the friendship? Yeah. And yeah. so uh, I can talk about my feelings, I can talk about my weaknesses, and I can talk to you about right. how I'm feeling about this friendship, which yeah. is super vulnerable and hard. Yeah, really hard it's to say. Uh, it's another layer. It's probably yeah. like that's like almost like don't worry about that level. Mm-hmm. Just get down the language of emotion right. first. But eventually, to be able to say like, "Hey, you hurt me," or this yeah. was, and we've yeah. had those conversations right. several times. There's right. been periods where we've disconnected for months, yeah. and then the like reconnection was like, "Hey, this has been painful and hard. Right. Like, why aren't right. we, why aren't we connected?" Um, One of the most helpful things I've heard is from uh, Brene Brown, who's author, researcher, TED Talk extraordinaire. She was interviewed on a video about conflict and she used this framework where she said, um, uh, oftentimes we have big feelings to things and they're very subtle cues that gave us those big feelings in, in friendship and relationships. So her phrase is, 
uh, I'm making up a story that. Yeah. And so, for instance, I don't know if we ever use that with each other, but it could be, hey, I noticed that um, I noticed that a couple times I was sharing something with you, and you joked with me back. And then when I got off the phone, we we stopped hanging out. I I you know without thinking about it, I made up the story that you didn't care, you weren't listening, and it was kind of stupid and silly for me to share that. And so then the the, the process then would be to I just want to share that story with you, and um, see if there's any truth to that because it's kind of making me crazy. And for then invite you to say, oh my gosh, um, it, I don't know what you're gonna say. You could say, oh yeah, I didn't I, I didn't know you were being serious. I thought we were joking. Or right. you could say, oh I, I didn't mean that at all. Uh, but chances are the story I'm creating is not the accurate story. Mm-hmm. But if it is, it deserves to be talked about. And I think that's, for me, that's actually been empowering because it's so it can be so scary to talk about a friendship. That phrase, that process has been empowering to say, okay, I can do that. Right. And it's almost neutral. I'm making up a story. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But yep. I just want to throw it out there. Well, I think it also keeps, that's part of the... It's part of keeping the keeping in that vulnerable space, which is hard for men. It's easier to go on the attack. That's right. You were being an yeah. asshole. Yeah. Why yeah. did you do that? Right. Versus, I'm feeling a sense of disconnection or hurt, or or even saying I am feeling mad at you, but I'm but I'm not going to react out of that. Yeah. And uh, and it's because this happened, and I'm just yeah, like you said, I want to give me some context, help me understand what was happening, because I'm I'm making this, I'm putting right. all this meaning to it, I'm making up a story in my mind. Yeah. It's probably not accurate. Yeah. And I want to give you the benefit of the doubt because I trust right. you. And so right. I don't want to make quick judgments and just uh, just react out of my own insecurity yeah. or something. Yeah. And I think the temptation for me always, and I'm, I'm sure, think about the seasons where we've disconnected, my temptation was to think, well, I guess we're not. That was good. That yeah. was a good friend for a while. Right. This is awkward now. He's a dick. Totally. <laughs> I feel vulnerable. Therefore, let's no longer be friends. And I'm sure there's people in my past that that's happened with, where I just made, without even thinking about it, just made pretty quick judgments and thought, we're not going to be close anymore. I can't trust that person anymore. Right. I don't feel safe. I never really liked him in the beginning to be, you know, mm-hmm. make up this like uh, reinterpretation of how the relationship really was. Right, because it feels better than being vulnerable and honest and, right. and all of that. And I, I think that often does happen where, where relationships can just sort of needlessly die. Because nobody will just say, I'm hurt, and yeah. I'm not sure why, and right. can we talk about it? Or I want something else. Or I yeah. wish we could. Yep, I need something from you, or I'm hoping we can shift something. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's good. Um, and rare. And, and, and I think the thing that also wasn't modeled, that, that didn't happen for me in childhood, was to have to sort of be taught, like, friendship is a skill. How to be friends mm-hmm. is a skill. I think the assumption is like... It's easy and it just happens. Yeah. And that's true to a degree, but right. but when you want to get into some deeper territory, right. you have to like learn and trial and error yeah. and figure it out and it's gonna be messy and yeah. It's not gonna feel good all the time. Right. High commitment. Right. High commitment. So back to you and I being strange. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend to people that are listening who would say they're in midlife and they don't have this kind of friendship? In fact, they've maybe never or couldn't imagine. Or maybe it's a woman who's listening to his husband or, or brother or a colleague, close colleague, just thinks, man, I, gotta, I've gotta, I know some guys that don't have friendships. Like, what is, is this a thing that you can have, break down into steps? Well, I think it's um, a good question. Uh, I, I think step one is probably identifying candidates. Like, yeah. who's, 
Who's on the list? Who's on the list? Who's who's even who is this even possible with? Yeah. At at any level. Right. Uh, and I w- I don't think the goal is to like, who can I dive into the deepest waters of my soul with? Mm-hmm. I think the goal is who can I like move the needle with or move the chains or something down the who field. Who do I like? Who do I like to yeah. be around? Yeah. And so just first identifying some candidates, some possibilities. Yeah. And then uh, there probably has to be some level of invitation, like, hey, would you want to? Um, you know, yeah. grab a beer sometime. And what then, if we? What if we hang out? Yeah, grab dinner, and then and then what if we do that again? And then maybe yeah. what if we do it regularly? Sure. And just sort of stabilize yeah. it as, a, and again, that's vulnerable and shows like, you know, yeah, I don't want to be needy or. But it's like, well, uh, a lot of times too, I think, you know, you I have realized that other men are looking for that once you break the ice. Uh, that was that was definitely a big step for me in college was to go to you and two other guys, uh, although and, and say, I'm needing more support. Mm-hmm. Can we can we really commit to each other at a more deep level? Right. Like can we can we make right. this a more intentional friendship? Right. And so, um, yeah, identify people, make that invitation, and then practice and get sort of mm-hmm. try it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me too. I, th- I don't. Know, I think this is different for you, but for me. Sharing on the spot can be tricky where I think afterwards I think especially when we were younger you'd be able to share things and I'd just be like listening and I wouldn't really be able to think about much of how I'm thinking or doing and mm-hmm. later on I'd actually feel guilty or feel like man I wasted that time because I might not see him again for a week or two or a month um, and so I think for me something that's been helpful is actually to think about spending time with you in advance mm. and thinking what would be helpful to share because it's very easy for me to spend an hour and talk about th- things that matter but not the real things that matter yeah. so actually doing a little bit of planning and for me writing is the most helpful thing for me to process my thoughts and feelings even bullet points and I, I haven't done this for years I think I've trained myself to do that better I've become different but I think for years I would literally write down hey we're, when we're hanging out and we're talking this would be this is you know we could talk about a thousand things but if we if I miss talking about these two I'm gonna feel disappointed yeah I think it's great just to be intentional intentionality yeah. have a little bit of a plan and, and part of that is I think for a lot of men it is hard to just like okay go share totally like, yeah you need whoa more, yeah yeah more zero to hundred zero to hundred and I think mm-hmm. maybe that's easier for women I don't know if that's true or not but Sometimes I think that's at least the stereotype that sure. women can sort of just get into the deep end easier right. and guys need to like, all right, I can put a little effort into this. Yeah. Like if I'm going to, yeah. I want to be mindful and intentional and not just uh, show up and yeah. go and say my next impulse because it may not actually be what I really right. want to say. Right. I think the other thing, Scott, the, the third thing, if, if so, if, if, if number one is, is, for, is to uh, create that rhythm of connection, number two is to practice the rigorous honesty. I think the third part, which kind of goes with a little bit of what we're saying too, is like, is uh, how do I learn how to be, how to really hold someone else's experience well, mm-hmm. um, and and to mutually show up as a part of that, right. where it's like I'm gonna right. I'm gonna participate. But I think you know if, um, if 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 you have this new deep friendship or you're pursuing this new deep friendship, and somebody shows up and says, hey, here's like here's my insights, here's my honesty, here's my right. vulnerability, here's my weakness, here's what I'm struggling with, here's how my marriage is going, whatever. And the other person kind of goes, yeah, it's hard. You want to go to the Padres on Saturday? You know, it's like, it's not right. held. It's yeah. not, it's, and so part of the or skill. advice. 
or jumping. Yeah, here's what works for me, or just do this, yeah. or just yeah, do yeah. that, or or criticism. Why yeah. did you Why did you do it that way? Yeah, you know, Whoa. It yeah. sounds like you could have handled that better. Yeah, it's um, and so learning how to do things like validate their experience, uh, summarize what you're hearing, and say mm -hmm. it sounds like you're saying this. That sounds mm -hmm. really hard. Empathize, or if you don't know what to say, just to ask. Like I, I'm not sure. Right. I want to be with you in this experience. Right. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. What's yeah, yeah. going to be helpful? Right. And I think part of what you were saying too is part of what part of what's going to really make the relationship vibrant is when it's not just one person showing up, you know. Right. And so I think sounds like in your experience, I don't remember that by the way, but if what you're saying yeah. is in some of our earlier conversations, you know, realizing I want to show up equally as much. Yeah. So there's yep. this back and forth. Mutuality. I was probably just too self-centered and wanted to talk about me. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything for the next podcast. <laughs> so, I'm making up a story. <laughs> making up a story you think I'm self-centered. Well, on some level, that is listening skills. Exactly. That we don't get taught in school or by our parents. It's the stuff you get caught, not necessarily taught. It's eye contact. It's, it's verbal affirmations. It's mmm. It's... Uh, that's the emotional language stuff, emotional intelligence. Right. Uh, that that I look at other people and actually literally model what they do. Sometimes, most of the time, subconsciously, but sometimes, oh, actually, that's really helpful when someone said that to me. I'm gonna go try that with my friend. Uh, but to be present without phones, without looking at text messages, without talking about yourself, uh, without giving advice, that's that's that takes some discipline. That takes some work. That takes effort. And that can be draining. It can, and it can often take even like learning about a reading, like yeah. how do you listen well? What right. are those skills? Right. What are the things that make someone feel? Because what's going to happen is, you're, is, you're, is somebody will shut down, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like if, if somebody's not listening to me well, the message becomes, uh, what I'm saying isn't that important. Yeah. And so I'd rather just not talk. It's, yeah. It's it's too it's too painful to, to pour your heart out and have it just sort of fall mm -hmm. on the floor mm -hmm. versus be held as sort of sacred space. Yeah. So. Can you think of any movies where you've seen male friendship? TV shows. Maybe we will edit this out if we don't have an answer. Uh, that is a good question. Um, I think of some breakthrough moments. I think of some father son. Field of Dreams moments, uh -huh. but where someone consistently goes to a friend that they trust and lean on, that's back to the lack of modeling. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, there's, oh man, no, I, I can't, off the top of my mind, <laughs> I, can't I, I can't, I can't think of that. I'm, all the examples that keep coming to mind are are husbands relying on their wives. Yeah. But for to to go emotional, emotion yeah. like the emotional support comes right. from the woman. Yeah. Versus the emotional support comes from the gathering of other men. And I would say what has helped my marriage, as we think about this, my f being a dad, has been friendship with you, mm -hmm. sharing. Like I I think. I used to encourage my wife early years of marriage, go find your Charlie, go find someone else. Because I, after connecting with you, return to her more coherent, clear, kind, compassionate, level-headed, uh, especially when you tell me that everything is her fault. 
Those have been the most helpful. It's times. very empowering. <laughs> right. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's. Um, I had, you know, I had a mentor say to me like, "You, the way you're going to learn to communicate and be vulnerable in marriage is to do it with men first. Hmm. So, so crazy. Learn that with, learn it with men, and, and that was you and maybe yeah. a couple others, but 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 you most consistently and the longest, you know, right. since since sort of day one of my any sort of inner journey. So yeah, um, yeah, and, and figuring. It has I think it has huge implications for how you parent and, and, and how I show up as a as a husband right. to have those places where it's like I'm I'm deeply known and understood and supported. Yeah. yeah. Well maybe the last part of this conversation, it's it's been more of a recent development, but uh, I remember maybe a year and a half ago speaking to a group of parents about parenting and a dad came up to me at the end of it kind of with a panic look in his eyes and he said, hey, I have two teenage boys. A lot of what you're saying, I wish I had started years ago. What's the most helpful thing I can do if you had to give me one tip? Mm. And I just, literally out of my mouth came the stroke of genius that wasn't genius necessarily for him. I don't know if he's ever listened to it, but it was for me. And I said, you know, I, I think the most helpful thing you could do for your boys is uh, to model for them a really healthy friendship with a, with a man, with mm. another friend. And I said, number one, do you have friends? And the guy looked at me, and I could tell, not really. I said, but do you have people, come back to your tactical list, do you have people that you do trust and you want a grown friendship with? He said, yes. I said, so what does it look like for you to be intentional to get together with them and even with your boys there? And so on the way home, I remember calling you yeah. and saying, hey, I've never thought about that before. My son at that point is probably 10 or 11. Could we start spending time with you throughout the year where it's specifically intentional? This is, and, we, and we've done this at least twice, mm -hmm. where my son, you and me, go to a Padres game. And, mm -hmm. it's, and out to dinner. Yeah, out to dinner. And the way you ask him questions and connect with him, it's establishing, in my mind, it's establishing a relationship between you guys. And then I think I'm actually more interested in the conversation that you and I have for an hour or two or three mm -hmm. while he's listening in. He's listening to maybe 10%, 20%, because right. he's thinking about his own world or food he wants to eat or interrupting us, but he's listening to the kinds of things we talk about. And then at the end of every time we do that, we both turn to him and say, hey, we want you to talk to Charlie. We want you, when you don't feel understood by your dad or feel like I'm the biggest dork in the world, uh, and I want you to look at someone like Charlie and have another example of what it would look like to be a healthy man and so right we'll see if that experiment pays off in the next five totally. years totally but there's there's so many ingredients there and i think the the genius part is that it's so simple it's not only so simple it's so good super simple super good and super unheard yeah people don't right. do it right but i think just that little bit of intentionality you're talking about might be 10 hours a year or something right. just trying to build in this yeah. again sort of what we're talking about this rhythm with your son yeah. of modeling healthy friendship yeah. and exposing him to that so that he's really he really gets to yeah. see it in action and he gets and, to see me interact with lots of adults lots of men but it's always in what you're talking about earlier the hey how's work hey what's going on what's the vacation how's your summer it's the external hangout fun barbecue but is that going to teach him what it looks like to really be deep I don't think so so there has to be an intentional time. They're not just going to catch on to that because right. a lot of that stuff happens in private if it happens at all or it happens at a bar where kids aren't allowed to go to mm -hmm. or the dark moments. But to be intentional about that over the years 
And I know my wife has now been the same for the last year. Gosh, who's going to be that for the girls? Because we have two girls. It's, it's, it's a simple, no-brainer thing to do that can have tremendous impact. And um, I don't know from a lot of the research we do, uh, in order to help raise a healthy kid, they need to have, the research shows five adults in their life that they don't just know as role models, but they have conversations with. There's a relationship mm. with. And so if it's, let's say it's not five, it's four, maybe the research is wrong, or it's three, uh, that one kid, no matter what demographic, would have interactive relationships with three adults where they're not just talking about external things like homework or sports, they're talking about things like how are you, mm-hmm. how are you doing, <laughs> what are you learning, what are you worried about, like that's, that becomes then a problem to solve in structure. And so back to folks listening who are educators or folks working with veterans, uh, we know a lot of the key parts of healthy veteran transition is establishing healthy relationships. So pick the number five if you need to and say, I'm going to try to build relationships with five people over the next few years where I'm intentional and we're talking about the deep stuff and watch all the dividends happen in your life that are hard to measure, really. I 100% agree. And I, you know, I often tell my clients, maybe this sounds a little impersonal or something, but like, we are mammals, like as a species, mm-hmm. the human species is, we're a mammal species. And that means we are pack animals, highly relational, mm-hmm. want to be touched, want to be close. Like, we're not really meant for isolation. It's mm-hmm. just like, it wreaks havoc on our biology and our physiology mm-hmm. and our mental state and our emotional state. And so like, the, and it's unheard of for our species too. We, we, we would have, you know, our ancestors would have gone along around in little tribes of 20, totally. 30 people right. where they knew everybody and, right. you know, we're sort of a one... We have fences mentor. and walls. And, yeah. yeah. And so we're, a mentor of mine now says we're a tribe without a, people without a tribe. We don't right. have our group anymore. Hmm. And so we have to effort right. to really get that sense of community and closeness. Yeah. But it's worth the effort. That's right. what I hear you saying. Yeah. Yep. Pays off. Well, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for being on the podcast. Look forward to Thanks number for three. 18 and 19. Well, it's got to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a nice round. Good. Good. I'll be calling you about that comment later. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, check out our blog with articles, other podcast episodes, and videos to watch all this month on squad, building a healthy squad and tribe for you. With that, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story.